For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Brian, I was putting together a little compilation video from my year doing shows online. It'll come out tomorrow. And the first clip is you and me in mid-March doing our first ever show as Rudy Gobert tears down the NBA. (laughs) I can't wait to see it. Um, I don't even remember. It was funny because I went back and I had, because I had to pull, like, I didn't have a clip from that, but I remembered it. And um, we're 13 minutes into the show, like, legit our first ever show. And we're sitting here, like, wait, what is going on? Even at one point, I wasn't even, at the time, we didn't even know it was coronavirus related because we were like, is this have to do with corona? Is it something else? We were so naive back then, Brian. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then did we? It was the clip of Rudy Gobert actually touching everything in there. No, I, I didn't yet. See, this is a two minute and twenty second clip, and Brian, I've done about um, yeah, I don't even know how many hours of shows, so everything was getting very quick treatment in this video. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I mean, you can't go, you can't have like hours long. <laughs> we who's our who's our intern? Does someone want to make us a, a lull specific uh, highlight reel from the past year? Uh, I don't think we have one, but. Maybe we should look into it. I mean, it's probably in demand. Thousands and thousands of people probably want that. So, well, here's the thing. I, I actually enjoy putting those kind of like highlight clip stuff together, but I need help with the timestamps is what was, is what I need help with. I don't mind actually putting it together, but I need someone being like, all right, episode 112, 44 minute mark, because as much as I love us, Brian, I'm not going back and rewatching every episode of Lulz. Yeah, no, that could be a pain <laughs> in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how are we doing tonight, guys? We got Jimmy Touchdown in the chat. We got Ryan Hodge, one of the many who have sent me a head to head. You know, Ryan, I'm just snap accepting these $5, $10 ones. Hodge stops me in my track with a 109. But of course, I have to tangle with Mr. Hodge himself. Brian, what do you think about my my turn to becoming a, a cash game specialist this week. I think it's a great move. Uh, we, we did a little research on your, your spy entries and how they would have performed in the cash games, even though you wouldn't have probably put those in there. Yeah. But just to see what would happen. And uh, we had you down for what? 10, 10 caches out of 17. So 10 out of uh, 10 and it, seven. And you suspected that that might've been the case before we even looked at it. Why? Cause I, I guess I never would have assumed that would have been the case. What made you think uh, that that might've been? Well, cause you've wanted these, you've cashed a decent amount of times and I, and I figure you're gonna, and the other ones you're, you'd get a couple. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what it looks like. And what do you, because I guess it, I guess it makes sense. Right. And that my lineups are generally going to be polarized. Like I'm going to do really well or do, very bad. Um, but I, I guess I'm trying to figure out why. You didn't why do that, that would be. bad. And you're kind of, I mean, and you're picking, you're not picking 2%, 5% and less guys. Watch me. I mean, <laughs> out, of all, out of all nine. Yeah. Like you're still taking, you're still taking some pretty good players. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think quarterback matters that, that much kind of generally speaking, even in cash games. So, yeah. Well, just think of how many, I mean, my big, maybe this is the, this is how I win, Brian. I build my lineup for the spy. And then instead of bringing a shitty Jets receiver as the bring back, I just do the best points per dollar play there. (laughs) And then I just smash cash games. (laughs) 
That's right. Yeah. That's I had, it's so funny because I put the video up that I did on Twitter about, you know, you know, retiring from GPPs. And I had um, this guy respond in earnest. And he basically said, um, he's like, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'm excited for you because he's like, you've just gone so overboard with your correlation and bringbacks. And he goes, I, I've just played the best plays the past two weeks and I've had the best two weeks of my life. And he's like, I think you're really doing everything wrong. And I think you're going to enjoy this new way of life. And I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm so relieved to not have to use my big galaxy brain anymore, Brian. Um, yeah, I don't know about if that's right though. Who, who is this guy? <laughs> just some random commenter where it was like, he basically was just fed up with my, with my tournament strategy bullshit. He's like, I, I don't know about this correlation and bring back stuff, man. It sounded, was it this Jimmy, Jimmy touchdown guy in our YouTube chat now who says, uh, quit the hand jobs and let's get going. <laughs> what does he think we do here? <laughs> I'm wondering, <laughs> what do we get going to normally? This is us going. <laughs> yeah. If you, the thing is, is we don't have anything planned. If you want to tell us what you think we need to get going to, that would actually help us. Right. Yeah. That would definitely, that would save us some time. If I mean, if people knew uh, the process behind us prepping for these shows, I think it would uh, truly blow their mind. Uh, yeah, 20 think, seconds before the show. <laughs> I think the only show I do spags with splash play is really good. He gets our show sheet together. He keeps us uh, on track with our segments and all of that. But otherwise I- I'm not a big show sheet guy. Yeah. I, he's a, he's a professional. He is a professional. He's trying to keep it. Yeah. He's trying to keep it, keep it professional. This is not that, this is not that show. Yeah. Uh, What do we got, Jason, in the chat? Brian, I took your advice about becoming a DFS specialist to heart. From now on, I'm dedicating 364 days a year to beating Pete at Week 17 NFL Head-to-Heads is my full-time job. Um, This is, uh, you do not weaponize your Discord to be scooping my cash games, the, you know, you supplying them with your cash game lineup. This could really backfire on me. So, uh, you, how are you going to, how are you going to do it? Do you have a strategy at all? Did you, did Anthony ask in the chat too, did you accept every single invite? Yeah, I've accepted every single one. Uh, I did just, I posted on Twitter. I finally hit the limit on the $5 ones. I guess, I think it's 50 at every level like that. Yeah. Something random. So I think I can probably still accept like ones and twos or threes, but over at fives, I had one guy who was trolling me. He would send me a two forty. And not that I like want to play like even at that high of stakes, but he was like trolling me and would re uh, renege it after. So every time I would go click it, but I finally sniped him off on it. So I do have one two forty. I have a few one oh nines, a couple fifties, a bunch of twenties, and then a bunch of everything. I I am getting a little nervous, Brian. I am getting. It's been fun to just kind of snap accept. Um, I'm almost up to two thousand dollars in in entries. And I don't really have a strategy. I mean, we were doing the swole cast today and I realized how little of a handle I have on this slate right now. So it, the, the pressure is going to ramp up on Sunday morning. I thought that was part of like the reason you were doing it because it's like going to be a crazy typical week 17 slate and you might be able to yeah, well, get some guys in there that no one else knows about or, you know, relatively speaking. Well, I think what I have going for me is like the people who would like send me their stuff on say a Sunday morning, like they're already on top of the slate. They're feeling comfortable. They're getting all their action in. Why don't I get some of those Pete bucks while I'm at it? The people who are sending it to me now on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, they might not end up wanting to really grind the week 17 cash slate as hard as they think they do early in the week. So my hope is that I am grinding it really hard on Sunday. And some of these guys are a little asleep at the wheel with kind of the late news. Yeah, that could definitely happen. And who gives a shit anyways? (laughs) I think those cash game limits too. I think it's all like all cash games. So like if you did any 50 fifties or anything like that, like I think they count those in your head to heads. 
So mm-hmm. like if you did like, you know, 25, 50, 50s, then you only have like 25 left to do head to heads. I'm pretty sure that's all they do. It. Dude, this is the shit that's been my problem because Greg R in the chat says, not sure if you snap accepted or not, but I got you to take a tears head to head. This is my issue right now, Brian, because I'm in a $20 NBA head to head tonight that I accidentally accepted. And now apparently I'm playing in a tears head to head. I don't even know how to figure that out. Yeah, that's lame. Um, you probably should look before you snap accept, but uh, it was just so much easier to snap accept. And now I have to scroll through this and try to figure out which one is the tears one. I mean, this is out of control. You, yeah, it might be easier to download the CSV. Just yeah. Pop, pop something in there. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to get in the tears, the tears streets. Um, are you playing? Ha- have you been playing cash? Most weeks on DraftKings or no? Not on DraftKings, no. No, but yeah. But yeah, Yahoo and uh, SuperDraft. I play all yeah. the cash. cash and we, we didn't have as much luck running it back in our Yahoo 10-man this week. Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> what, ha- what happened? I can't remember at this point. I'm trying to remember too. We – what was our – we had one fatal flaw. Well, we had Darrell Henderson in there. That wasn't yeah. – he got hurt too, though. And we did – oh, we did a late swap because we figured out Mock Lovin had the same lineup as us. Yes. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that too. It's like I wonder if like – like if you're playing against Leone or something who's like paying attention and would do what we did, who's like, oh, shit, we're going to have the same lineup. I'll swap off. If it's just like more plus EV to be ignorant of the fact and just like leave the best play in. Well, I was wondering that too, of like, you're playing chicken, right? If you both assume that we know we have the same lineup and it's like, I want, you know, you assume the lineup that you let ride is the higher EV lineup and they're having to sacrifice a few projected points to get unique. And so we're like both staring each other down, wondering who is going to actually make that swap. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, um, I knew I, I have I have the same line as McLovin McLovin a lot on Yahoo. I heard so, you guys cheat together, <laughs> and uh, uh, that's a vicious rumor, Peter. <laughs> well, have you seen the guy? What was was it? There a guy who had a a huge NBA thread last, or what? Or was he upset about the high scores or something? That I always love the the Reddit QAnon NBA DFS guys who come out. I haven't gone on the Reddit one in a while. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen like the, the RG ones. Yeah. But they're usually about the Burrito Brothers. Yeah. They hate the Burrito Brothers there. And then Do RG you, ones. when you, th- when you see that you and Mick, uh, Mock Lovin have the same lineup a lot, do you, do you think you guys then have very similar processes? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably something close. Yeah. And do you, I mean, are you normally, because do you think, here's a question, because we were hawking it. Do you think Mock Lovin even realized that heading into the 4 p.m. games, we potentially had the same lineup as him? Nope. Yeah. Definitely not. It's not that easy to search through Yahoo anyways, and he's got every site going and stuff like that. He's He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was figuring. That of all the like late swap and maneuvering right. stuff that their Yahoo probably <laughs> probably so you, set it and forget it. So the GTL would be right if you know he's not gonna s- switch it. You have to switch it. Right, which right. is that was the I think the position we found ourselves in. Right, and but it might be best for to never switch then. But. But but we knew he wasn't gonna switch. If you were him, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We were also down too. It was I mean it wasn't horrible. Oh, the 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 Texans D didn't didn't help. No my god, the Texans D minus four. Was that what it was? Minus four. Yeah. Um just an overall pretty shitty, pretty shitty lineup. I lost on on Yahoo that week and I've won most weeks on Yahoo. Yeah. I mean, taking taking a negative from your defense is just absolutely. Yeah, they were high owned, uh, but yeah, negative four is that's going to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you um Are you excited for football season to be uh, winding down, or are you going to miss uh, playing NFL DFS? Um, no, I'm ambivalent. I'm fine with it 
leaving. I don't I don't hate the playoffs either because I like showdowns and stuff like that. So so I don't mind it. Um, week 17 is pretty annoying. It's only it's only annoying if like uh, one of your high heavily exposed guys sits or doesn't play, and you're like, God damn it! You know, it is it's a bit of a crapshoot. So you want to you I mean you want to like hopefully the dice rolls in your favor. Yeah. But yeah, week 17 is kind of a pain in the ass. But I like NBA better, even though it's way more work. Speaking of which, is there any uh, crazy news here before this next game? It doesn't look like it. Uh, I'm sure someone in the chat will let you know. I just see uh, Kawhi Leonard will play Wednesday. I see on the top of my tweet deck right now. Oh, okay. I had him in, so there you go. Um, there's some so starting lineups for the Lakers, Spurs, and Mavs. Maybe we could transition to this late news uh, topic we were talking about. Like Alex had a tweet about it, and Ricky D had a tweet about it. But one of the one of the points is with NBA is you got you got to sit at your computer basically if you want to win the whole night. Yeah. And tonight was LeBron and. Kawhi were both like questionable. So that's like 50, 50, 50, you know, 50, 50, a questionable, something like that, maybe 60, 40. And so the strategy is uh, you could um, like play that they're not going to be out and you just fade all the early chalk. And it's not the end of the world. Cause even if they play, you could, you could scramble and keep them in or get them back in there. And they're going to be low owned because they are questionable, right? So instead of being like twenty five percent owned, they'd be like five or six or seven on average, and then you're just hammering the field, getting value that way. And if they're out, you get all the best you get all the best plays uh, from the late the late the late swap. So there's a million ways to do it, not a million ways, but you get the idea. Like you could you could really you could really get an edge with late swap in NBA. Yeah, so this was the initial uh, tweet storm, McJester. Um, I recognize his handle. I believe he's been, uh, I think maybe he's won a live final before. I don't know. Do you recognize his name? McJester? Uh, yeah. Didn't he win a Millie show? Yeah. And he, he does, um, he works for one of the sites too, right? I guess he works for a site you work with him too. Yeah, no, I think you're thinking of the other guy okay, uh, who yeah, does yeah, the yeah. showdown stuff with Drewby. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. So, anyways, he says um, he was talking about NBA late swap. He was using this example, and he, you know, down here he kind of gets to the meat of it. Many of us, myself included, can't be and frankly don't want to be glued to our phones all night. Again, this isn't perfect, and I hope NBA diligence largely solves it. Um, but in this way, late swap ends up functioning not how it's intended. Collectively, it amounts to a giant advantage for those who have time to use late swap as a strategic device and be on call to make moves all night accordingly. Blah, blah, blah. Good news is... Uh, duh, duh, duh. Um, anyways, the gist. The gist is uh, the, the casual players want it because they don't want to take zeros. But ultimately, it's an advantage for the pros but the pros then also feel beholden to be at their computer all night, which is a huge time suck and really lowers your potential ROI in playing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we've talked, we've talked about this before because you've, uh, you've, you've brought it up whether you want to you know, keep going and, and switch into NBA after NFL. So we, we've mentioned this a bunch of times and that's what I've, I've said basically the same thing every time. I, and I totally agree with them. Like, it's definitely better for more skilled players and it's worse for uh, recreational players, but they have it backwards. A lot of the pros don't want it. I think a lot of them, a lot of them do want to keep it. They want that money. They're fine sitting there all night. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So a lot of them are fine with it, but a lot of them aren't. They don't want to deal with it. Um, where do you, yeah, I, I don't know where I sit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think I'd rather have it gone and just, finish at six o'clock central and then call it a night. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, uh, and you know, the point that Ricky is making here is he, he goes on to say, you better really enjoy playing NBA DFS, you know, which is, I think is a perfectly valid thing. If you just love it, you love the NBA, you're going to be around your computer anyways, blah, 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 like knock yourself out. But I'm, I'm curious, do you, 
like when you think of your DFS play and you, cause you're, you're a big numbers guy. You're looking at your results. You're looking at your profitability. Do you ever factor in like specifically your hourly return on your investment? No, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I wouldn't even want to see that. <laughs> yeah. I just sit here all day basically. So uh, I put a lot of time into it. Yeah. The, the, um, I don't, the, one of the things too is like I, I've talked about is like I want to make as few decisions as I have to, where like me and you play complete opposite, right? Like I don't want to, I don't want to pick and choose the best plays. I want to figure out a strategy where it just picks it for me for the most part, as you know, as, as much as humanly possible. And in the NBA, um, I think it's the, the most art over science out of the, all the DFS. I, maybe I should think about that, but love the major ones. Um, I still think it's, you know, I don't know, mostly science, but it's, it's, it's got more art to it than, than, uh, than the other sports. So I don't really love that part of it, but you have to know, like, so like today, Jacob Portal or Portal or however he wants to pronounce his name, Jakob. Um, he's like a perfect example of a kind of tough to judge player because he plays for Popovich. So he's got this weird minutes distribution of he might just not even play the second half. Who knows? Popovich is crazy. If you miss an assignment, he might just not play in the fourth. Um, he like gets a good group together and he'll just stick with it. Um but you have to project the mean for him. So like he'll project high because in comparison to his salary, cause he's cheap and he's starting now, Gary Trent ruled out who gives a shit. I don't think I have him. Um, uh, so like Pirtle's minutes distribution would look like, uh, we talked about this on splash pod and you made fun of me, the binormal, binormal, uh, <laughs> to be fair, I was hammered and I don't even remember this conversation that you're referencing. <laughs> you were pretty drunk was, uh, the double hump, the double hump. Okay. Now I remember. Now you remember it. Yeah. Like a different type. So it's a different type of distribution of minutes played as opposed to, I mean, it depends, but on what you're looking at, but something closer to that was almost like more of a normal distribution. And so like, that is more like you need to know, that that exists, and then you need, then you have to make a guess on how you want to play it. You want to you want to go over, even, or under the field, and so it's you could you could model that out, but it's just like so it's so hard to do a lot of this stuff with modeling. So like I have like a two two I have like a two option process for my model, and if there's enough time and there's not a lot of questionable stuff, I get like my more complicated version in. But today there was a ton of stuff. I'm like can't do it. Going to just have to use FC and make my adjustments there. Um, so, and I'm, and that doesn't happen in any other sport unless yeah. something really crazy happens. So it's, 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 I've grown, I've grown, um, I've grown, uh, you know, I, I, I like it a little more than I used to, but like I said, my whole goal of this was to not make any choices. Like I'm, I played poker for a living for like eight years. I made enough fucking decisions <laughs> in my life to last multiple lifetimes. Like I just wanted to like figure out a good system and just have it do it for me, you know? So. I don't know. I, I, it's growing on me. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say then like, you know, you said you didn't want to think of your, your hourly on the time you put involved, but when you are starting to work on your NBA stuff, does it feel like a grind? Does it feel like a chore? Are you like, I, Hey, I enjoy doing this. This is fun. I'm excited to, you know, put together my lineups for the slate. Yeah. But uh, like, I, I don't, I'm not going micro strategy like you do ever. Right, I'm never putting together a lineup. You know, yeah. for, for my cash game, I, I I definitely look, I look at it closer though, for sure. So like I, so I I I in I, I did this in on Yahoo today. I had Portal as my as a player in my um, cash lineup on Yahoo, and I took him out. I'm like, I'm the fuck pop. I can't I can't deal with it. No double humps for you over on Yahoo. No, no double humps for me. Um, so Gary Trent is out, and I'm just making double try check and make sure I don't have him in anything. Yeah, here's another problem with playing multiple sites. Now I have to check four yeah. sites. Well, I'll, I can I can vamp while you're you're doing this. Yeah, I think yeah, go ahead. It's, it's take me a second. One of the it is funny how you mentioned that because kind of my like process for showdown is is way more just completely detached from like what I feel like I'm doing it all by the numbers, even though I have feelings about the players and whatever like. I'm not manually adjusting anything. 
like that. Whereas for my single entry and my hand builds on main slates, I'm definitely letting some of my biases and some of, but it's, it's also easier on a main slate because you have so many options, right? And you can build logical, good lineups, um, even with players you want and then building from there. So sometimes if I'm like, yeah, I just want to play this stack and it's like, okay, that's fine. Now it's like, how do I make the best possible optimal decisions around this want play or want stack kind of thing. And there's really not a ton of correlations in the NBA too. Yeah. Right. So like in football, baseball, hockey, for sure. All these other sports have a ton of useful correlations. You can, you can mess around with, but in, in, in basketball, I think it's think of it just as negative correlations. So like if people have correlation charts out there and stuff and like, like they'll have a correlation between like let's say like Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan in their heyday, um, Lob City or whatever they were calling themselves back then. Yeah, but, but like I don't know, I don't see it. I don't know if I would trust that correlation. It's mainly for me like okay, if if LeBron gets the rebound, then that means Anthony Davis didn't. Right. But the NBA has. Here's another thing about the NBA is, and I, this is this is. This is pretty uh, obvious stuff for anyone who's who's played NBA. A lot of things I'm saying, but there's a ton of different slate types. Two, what what's tonight? Six. There was five and then thirteen the other day. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of twos on Thursday night. I don't know what the, the COVID with COVID what their schedule looks like this year. So like you, so like LeBron and Anthony Davis maybe on a thirteen gamer there should be a negative correlation applied to them, but on a two yeah. gamer you don't want to screw with that. It's more like showdown like a showdown type of situation where you might play two running backs in the same lineup or something like that and that's the same thing for nfl i know eric bimefor has written up some short slate stuff over at roto grinders and one of the like biggest leverage constructions he found was quarterback running back wide receiver tight end on the same team you know on a on a two or three game slate obviously on a 10 game main slate you're not playing four you know guys from a random team like you will. So those, I think one of the things that's been tough with me on like the more micro correlations is like when you're trying to win these really big tournaments, you're hoping for outcomes where the correlations are like obliterated to pieces where the pie is so big that, you know, all these guys are getting there, like the macro or the micro correlations are blown to pieces and that like the bigger stuff is what you know propels you so that's why i've kind of like the individual like how does this teammate you know interact with the other it's like well if i get the 95th percentile outcome like that average correlation isn't going to matter mm, yeah and so know. like a lot of these things like i don't know how people can do it without simming because it's like how the hell do you know like the frequencies at which this guy will get it get the ball here which means this guy didn't and how does that compare to all the other combinations on a 10 game slate or whatever. Like I, I just don't see how you can do that in your noodle. Like you could probably do it. I don't know. You, you can do it. If you're doing like what the way you do it, where you focused on, I don't know how many lineups you do like three lineups or whatever. Like then you could, you could put a lot more effort to it and get that, get those lineups dialed in, but against the whole field, it's kind of, is really tough to, to pull off. Yeah. Jacob is asking in the chat and, uh, he says, does your process heavily weigh negative correlation in NBA? And again, I have, I actually saw Eric reference this today. I just randomly read his NBA GPP piece and he talked about negative correlation being more important than positive correlation for NBA. So do you have an answer for Jacob? I mean, I think negative correlation is, more important than positive correlation for sure too. And I do, um, if uh, there's enough time where I can use some sort of SIM, which it's been like 60% so far this season, it's already, it's in there. Yeah. Cause this guy gets the ball, this guy doesn't type of thing. And if not now, these um, optimizers are putting in correlations. So, I do use them to some extent, and I would say you should as well. What's up, Carlos? Just joined us. Um, the the problem though is the NBA is you get so you'll get like three minutes notice before you gotta get your lamps in, and the more the more constraints you put in your optimizer, the slower it's gonna go. So it's a really give or give and take. Um, and so if 
So here's what I would do. I would put some sort of correlation in there. If there's late news, I would disable it or delete it. Probably disable it because it's quicker. And just say fuck it because it's not that it's not that important. That that actually reminds a, a question I wanted to ask you about. So a thing that I've had um, happen in Showdown because um, obviously I care about own, ownership. You know, I'm I'm worried about you know overall you know, cumulative and or product ownership of the lineups, trying to use that as a way to not have dupes. How would you handle, because I am using other people's ownership projections and like a good example would be on Monday night, all the content sites assumed Damian Harris was going to play for the Patriots. So their ownership had him playing. He scratches. They all update their projections for raw points or whatever to get bump up Sony Michelle, bring down Harris to a zero but neither of the sites that I use for ownership updated ownership. And so then I'm using that old ownership. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, the majority of the field is maybe using the old ownership too. So maybe that's fine. Or should I be going in and now trying to manually adjust the ownership myself to get a more accurate one? Like, I don't know which target I'm trying to hit there. Yeah. Manually adjust it. But, but then that, yeah. And so I guess I'm saying is, what is closer to the actual truth, like the field anchored to the original ownership or the, what is the optimal ownership after a, a scratch or whatever? That's like experience. Just get, <laughs> getting used, getting used to seriously, getting used to like yeah. make those late second guesses. Who, who were we off on the other day? Karis Levert in the NBA. I think that was it. Wasn't yeah. he really popular? No, I think he wasn't. He, he was really popular the other day, but like a week ago or something, oh. he was pretty low. I think that's who it was. But this has happened a few times during the season where uh, a guy's coming in, you're like, field sharp now. I think it was in the NFL. I just can't remember who the player was. Field sharp now. Um, yeah, what's the NFL? Oh, the Tony ago? Pollard one, right? Tony Pollard. There we yeah. go. Yeah. And what did he end up with? Like 12%, 12.5% owned. I would have guessed 30 probably. Um and, but but e- either way, like as long as you're getting close, it's not like ownership matters. Like especially you know, as, as long as you're getting close. So like if it's twenty five percent and you guess twenty, like and that's fine. Well, here here act, this is more what I'm saying. So Paul says the majority of the field isn't looking at ownership projections for showdown. We don't we don't even have to debate if that's true or not. My question is the actual ownership for Sony Michelle. Say he's projected for twenty percent with. Damian Harris playing and then Damian Harris is ruled out his like theoretical ownership, like should be say 40% just based off his projection. My question is with that late news, how far off from his like true optimal ownership is it going to be off because that news happened late a la the Tony Pollard situation? I mean, I, I, I think I'm, I'm trying to follow you. I don't, I don't think I totally followed that question. Honestly, it was like, but I think it's like, so the, the reason we all didn't jam Tony Pollard and everything, or at least I did, is because I thought he was going to be what he should be owned, you know, 50, right. 60%. And he's chalk. I don't want to eat that chalk. So I'm trying to – like it's a moving target where you're trying to guess between like the what the ownership should be and what it's actually going to be. Yeah. And so like in the NBA uh, – people- You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. People don't late swap much. They they react to news, but it's it, it's it's probably not the full amount. So especially the late stuff, you could just go to town, I think. I think if a guy, so like last night, who got ruled out? Denver, a Denver player, um, Jamal Murray, I think. And uh, so I hammered um, Monty Morris and and Porter Jr. And so I almost won yesterday. I took fifth. Um, first was 200K. And uh, those two guys almost got me there, but I was like, f- fell a few points short. short. You got to win nowadays, man. You got to take first. You can't take top ten. They they they're just going so top heavy, especially if you play heavy heavy volume. Like you just got to take first. You got to get lucky and take first now because like first is 100k and second's 20k and you take tenth. It's like you got your money back. Congratulations, you know. Even yeah. though you're only five points off the optimal, but uh, yeah, I, I an NBA I hammer it in the in the NFL like. Like I said with Tony Pollard, like I think the NFL ownership's fairly sharp. It's pretty. It's, I think it's got to be like the sharpest year it's been. Wouldn't would would you agree with that? Like I, I think so. I think yeah. it's been really good. Obviously, you get a few quirks where it changes in specific type of contests, but for like the large field ownership projections have been very very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the actual ownership too. Yeah. Like oh, like, you mean just efficient ownership? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah efficient ownership. Like the. the Guys are, and that makes sense to me too because you get a whole week. It's it's the most popular sport, so there's the most content out there. It's like every I'm assuming all these like smaller content creators are probably just stealing the content from the bigger ones and then just making slight adjustments. And so like even if you pay six bucks a month or something, you're probably getting some good good info now that you would never have before. So you can build all this up to. Sunday with all this information, you get a whole week to think about it and like, oh, well, he's projected 40% owned and you know this on Wednesday. It's like, maybe I should get off of him. (laughs) You know, like you get a whole week to think of that. And so like, it's just that Sunday morning adjustments, but I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to answer, answer your question other than, yeah, yeah, like you, you take a guess and then however your process is adjusting for that, for ownership. Yeah, it's the, it's the best you can do. I mean, you like because like you could study it. You could do a study on it. Like what what sport becomes mo- like wh- by the minute? Like how efficient do that you do they get to, you know what it should be or something right. like that? Like so like an hour and a half early is like okay they get ninety percent of the way. Twenty minutes they get you know thirty percent of the way. Um, late news in the NBA they get like two percent of the way there. And, and even that would be hard to untangle. Like again, the, the Tony Pollard one, like a lot of people in the fantasy community have a favorable, uh, perception of Tony Pollard. Like they were excited. People think Zeke sucks. They're, they're ready for Tony Pollard to play. Then take the Patriots example, like Damon Harris scratches and no one is like doing backflips to play Sony Michelle, like in a negative game script about the bills too. So like even that stuff can affect even just what the true projection, you know, the opportunity stepping into it indicate because people have their own biases and you're trying to read and factor that into it as well. In the NBA, it's like, okay, late's the late news. Like how do you, okay, what if the chalk was early and now, now no one has the room to get these guys in and, and, and I'm talking about like doing a study on it. And like, I think that would be basically useless. You could probably guide, you could just probably use experience and then write down a chart of like, eh, it's about this, about this. Yeah. And, and like, um, in the NFL, like, okay, well, well, like what if like they get sharper every year, which happens. And so this year they're pretty sharp. Your study might be worthless because like, they'll be more accurate now. So like, it's like a moving target. So like, what's the point of, of doing research on it? But like, it's still there. Like if you, if a guy gets ruled out, you can you can hammer it. I think you can hammer it as kind of just a, a heuristic, and right. especially you know in these other sports. In the in the NBA, if a guy gets ruled out, I don't know, let's say an hour or more, it then it it's it's in there. It's factored into the market. Well, that circles back, and I don't want to get too in the weeds on my specific example, but that idea of hammering it 
would be that I don't go and adjust Sony Michelle's ownership projection up because the field isn't going to catch up. And I'm going to end up with more of Sony Michelle in my lineups if I leave his lower anchored ownership from earlier in the day in there, as opposed to tweaking it up, trying to anticipate where the field should or is going to go. So what did you do? I actually did boost. I manually just did some finagling around the running backs, taking the ownerships and moving it around to get it closer to what I thought it would actually be. Well, and what was the result? I don't even remember. Was it like, was he about where he should be? Or? Um, this is how bad of a DFS player I am. I didn't even, I don't even remember looking after yeah. the fact. <laughs> I just wanted to get it right as I was setting my when it showdown. Like it's not like it doesn't like you don't care after that. You know what I mean? It's like no, I mean, once it's off, it's off. I need I need the four string tight end to get a touchdown. And dude, it's so funny. Um, well, the one thing I do do is I I use that site to always check my dupes in the in the big stuff to see how I'm doing there uh, as far as my duplicates. But I, I've been laughing, so I've been doing the showdown shows with Joe. We've been you just do them like right before 20 minutes after I've made my lineups. And it's so funny because Joe is playing like super small field stuff, like 200 person uh, contests are smaller. And so he's touting the best plays. And then I'm trying to win $150,000 three max. And so I'm there like, yeah, I got Jacob Johnson in half of my lineups. And everyone's like, that's a fucking fullback from Australian rugby who hasn't <laughs> touched the ball at all this year. And I'm like, I know. I like and they get so bad. Like I get roasted so hard. People still mention me about touting Eric Tomlinson, the like third street tight end on the Ravens. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm just trying to get a unique lineup that gives me some chance to solo ship a huge contest. But that's a hard pill to swallow for people who are coming for place. <laughs> Good. I'm glad it is. I hope they don't listen at all. <laughs> they don't. I, I promise you. This is what I thought. I've like, I'm like, when I started doing this show with you, I was like, I was like thinking, like, why did I do a show with the guy who does the most content in in, in DFS where it's like, oh, we give out a good nugget. Now everyone's going to fucking know because you're going to repeat it on this show and 17 other shows you got throughout the week. I, so like, I don't, it's good that they don't listen to you. Do you think, wait, hang on. I actually want to, do you, do you think that I've, I've said too much? Probably. I think, yeah, I think because you talk about dupes all the time. Yeah. I mean, we do on the show all the time. I, I would just rather no one talk about it. I'm t- I mean, I'm telling you, uh, we're fine. No no one wanted to play Jacob Johnson or Eric Tomlinson. You I, yeah, have I, to know, worry about I know. That. But they, they're getting it. They're getting it. Like because And you also tout that site, uh, Sports Projections yeah. or whatever, which is an awesome site. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I would, I would rather he shut the site down. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, hypothetically, for as much edge as you can, honestly, I would never have started my YouTube channel. So, like, I'm being a hypocrite, I guess, here. But, yeah, just, just if, if that's the bar we're talking about here, improving other players, then, yeah, you shouldn't do your shows at all. Well, of course, but the, it just like you said, but you you enjoy doing that. You enjoy you have a you have a discord where you give people your prop picks. You give people your ownership projections. You're helping people become better players. Right. And that's a small group, but no, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm being a hypocrite, but if you watch a lot of other shows, they give out shitty information. So that's helpful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, it was like the whole thing with season long football. We had all the bad touts, you know, touting robust RB made it one of the most profitable years for people who weren't hammering running backs early. And it's like, you hope those guys stay in business. Like you want them to keep pounding that so we can run it back again next year with the same optimal strategy. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think the more content, the better, because then there's just so much information to consume. They won't know what to pick. <laughs> Joe King, glad to be here for the last lull show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you, I feel like you constantly are. I, but so here's the thing. Like I understand like the macro stuff like say talking let's use duplicates talking about that but like the ways you go about removing duplicates or when you talk about sims you can talk about sims all you want brian we've already been down this road you know 99.9 percent of dfs players aren't going to be simming these slates so like why are you worried about talking about that like how big of an edge are you actually giving up being like you should worry about dupes it it, it i think it is bigger than you you're thinking here because like if five or ten really you know talented guys or girls start. Hey, we got a girl in our chat. Allie's in the I chat. 
<laughs> don't, don't don't laugh, you sexy. I was fan. just laughing at you catching yourself, not the actual <laughs> sentiment behind well, it. I am a modern man. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, no. So like, if if like five people go down, you know, go down the rabbit hole of 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 like trying to go to be the best in the planet. There's only so many slots. They they'll take they'll take up a lot. Like out if if you got rid of the five or ten best players on the planet, that would help me so much. It's like why would I want to create five more of them? But well, not create them, but help create them. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the five to ten existing best players on the planet, they um they're already well aware of those concepts. But you're saying the next crop that could yeah. come up there. Yeah, if they, if they retired, it would help me tremendously, right? So, but if they stay here and five more come up, it hurts me just as much. There's only there, there's only so like how so many pro players are there? 100? So you're worried about me educating the next generation of DFS players who are going to surpass you. That's what you're worried about. That's one part of it, and the other part of it is just if you make a concept that no one knows about. I don't know, ubiquitous. I don't know, ubiquitous. I don't know if that's the right word. Well known, mm -hmm. people just start doing it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if everyone stops duping themselves so much, that hurts us. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's broad concepts that hurt. It, like I said, I already said I'm being a hypocrite on on this stuff. So, like, yeah. I'm not like I'm not calling you out. I'm more just joking around here, like you know, because because you do so many fucking shows, and I'll put one on. I'm like, oh, he's talking about dupes again. Great to another audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! To a completely different audience than we were talking to next last time. The thing is, is the yeah, no, it's uh, you know, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm talking about about your dupes. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, 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 no. It's 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 not a big deal. But and I change my shit constantly, anyways. So I'm I'm coming up with new things, at least trying to. I don't know if they're right, but yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Um, just keep my mouth shut on that stuff. And give out, give out what I can to certain people. Anyways, not everybody, obviously. Cobra Pete, how do I play you in a head-to-head -head this week? And is five dollars too low brow for you? Um, well, one, you can't send me a five dollar because I'm oversubscribed there, and you can send me a head-to-head -head on DraftKings Revert Z Top, and you can, I believe, if you send it at literally any other buy-in level other than five dollars, we can uh, we can play against each other. We got Alex in the chat. I suck too much to get duped. Uh, most people aren't going to do the math correctly, even if they had the concepts, to be fair. I I do think Brian has a more favorable impression of the DFS playing community that is not actually reflected in reality, as evidenced by him thinking all the top players make their own projections. I, I, okay, come on. I... I so, so how about this? Yeah. Correlations have increased in the big GPPs, the amount of people who use them, right? Mm -hmm. if, if people would just shut their trap holes about it, it would have stayed the same, correct? I mean, you could you could say it with a re reasonable certainty. Yeah, but I think you can easily make counter arguments that that kind of content also pulls new people into the ecosystem and provides more players that are going to continue playing whereas like the ecosystem would dry up if people weren't doing content and weren't i think that's a stretch why i don't think people are like oh what's fantasy football oh correlations i'll try like no they're like fantasy football players and i mean maybe they play season long and then they read an article on correlation and they'll give it a shot but not nearly as much as it hurts to have 60 percent of the field putting in correlated lineups but think about someone like me for another sport. Like today, I legit, I'm not even playing this NBA slate other than that godforsaken head to head I had to make for NBA cash. But like I read Bimefor's NBA GPP article because I was curious about some of the more game theory elements to NBA GPPs that, because I'm just not familiar with them at all. And reading that stuff could literally pique my interest, make me want to play in those contests more, and I would guaranteed be a losing player in NBA DFS for a long time until I got cut up to speed. So uh, I I would say you're definitely right. There are some people who do that. I just but I think the the fact like the the fact that the tournaments have have basically stayed the same size and the fields have gotten harder mm -hmm. in almost all the major sports would like kind of disprove that. And but even still, 
what what we know is correlations are more heavily played in these tournaments for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and like, so like there's no debate, like you're kind of debating something like we can't really prove other than we know the fields have gotten sharper. Those are the kind of debates I like to have. They haven't gotten bigger, but we can say with certainty that correlations are way more heavily used in, in all, in all the correlated sports. Mm-hmm. And that's because of people talking about it. And so like, uh, again, I mean, I mean, it's going to get the cats getting out of the bad bag one way or another, but like, I, I I think there's no doubt that making good concepts widely known is not going to help you win personally. And also, like I said, secondarily, the if if you create a monster, you know, that, like help create a monster that's not good for you know the, the, the x amount of people who are actually profitable at this because then they're going to move up. Like who so who are some of the young guns now? I don't know. Like uh, B B Crater Crater. Uh, that guy's won a ton. I don't know. I'd have to go look at the rankings, but there's always somebody. Yeah. So what is when you, cause I didn't know you when you started your YouTube channel and you did some of your short form strategy videos, what was the, I actually now think I, we've had a few conversations, but for everybody else, what was the cost, you know, benefit or the pros and cons you decided of, I am going to do some of these strategy videos publicly. There was a ton of reasons for it. I did it. I did an interview uh, that's on my channel, um, with uh, Bridge the Gap uh, uh, DFS site, so you guys could check that out. But yeah, there's just a whole bunch of reasons for it. Um, like, uh, I didn't. I wasn't involved in poker. One of my regrets was I didn't like get involved in the community, and I didn't have like a poker crew to bounce ideas off of. And it seemed like all the other guys who like improved and maybe even kept playing after black Friday, like had their, their group that they can, you know, run, um, um, what's it called solvers against each other and like discuss complicated spots and figure out frequencies and stuff like that. That would have helped me instead of doing everything on my own, which I, I don't know. I just work better that way. I think anyways, but so I wanted to, I wanted to do that. Plus a whole bunch of other stuff. That's, yeah, it's all in that interview if you're if you're really interested. Wait, is this a new one or is this old? It's like eight months old. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you're gonna delete you're gonna delete your YouTube channel after tonight? You you're looking at me cockeyed. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mean we gotta delete the channel or anyone should stop doing what they're doing. It just it is it is a fact. I can't I mean, come on, right? Right, yeah. people. Yeah, I, uh, I I think it, I think it's an interesting conversation. I mean, it's ultimately the conversation. Like when when Osimo, you know, decides to you know share his projections with basically a ton of people who are going to end up competing with him. But I would I would continue to argue that what separates you guys um, from the rest of players separates you from players like me is your special thought is the kind of things you guys are doing on the back end that you literally can't even teach. It's stuff that you can tell me what you do, which you have, and I could never replicate it, you know, so that that's always where your advantage is going to be. Sure. There, there still is an advantage. It feel it seems like, um, but everything I said, I still stand by. But like with Alex is like also like he could sell his company for fifty million dollars in a year or two. So like you know theoretically whatever he's playing the bit he's playing the lo- you know the long game, where he could still win, give out this information and build up a company, and and maybe he just wants to run a company more than anything, too. Like who knows? Maybe he gets enjoyment out of running a company. Um, where like you for example. <laughs> You're not, you don't have a $50 million company out of this. I don't think you're giving out like, uh, you know, projections and ownership projections for every single sport and everything like Alex is doing. But, you know, Brian, this is kind of um, what I've just come to grips with. If I have to split, you know, a $30,000 prize pool because another guy rostered Jacob Johnson, I, I think I'm just willing to live with that, you know, to really help someone out. You're so generous. That's what, that's what I love about you. Uh, let's see here. What do we got going in the chat? Alex says that's what happened to poker. Orlando thinks this is our retirement show. We have gone every single Wednesday since March 13th without fail. Have we missed a single Wednesday, Brian? One. What was the one we missed? 
Uh, you had something to do. Did I? Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't believe I big timed you. We can't have this streak. We had, uh, yeah, just one. Because I remember Jake goes, where's Lulz? I got Pete had something to do. Um, yeah, Alex, you remember uh, Card Runners? That actually proves your point a little bit, too. It's like I probably wouldn't have went hard at poker if I didn't see that first Taylor KB poker video on whatever YouTube. I don't even know if YouTube was around then. Uh, wherever he posted it. Yeah. So, yeah, it can, br- it can bring people in. But then you got someone like me who gets obsessed with it and goes insane and then is a tough to handle on the, you know, play against. Um, but that's exactly what happened in poker is eventually he started card runners is the first, you know, the first big one I would say was, well, there was a three bet.net as another early, earlier one. I've I've never even heard of that one. That was, um, uh, Rosencrantz or whatever. Uh, what, what was his name? He ended up doing that micro cartoon, micro stakes or something like that. Uh, you don't remember all this. This is old, old school poker. And then there were stocks poker. Remember that guy? Uh, he got busted cheating or something. Um, those were the early ones. And then eventually Phil Galfon. Yeah. Run it twice. Um, and then Card Runners got some GTO guys on there, which really helped them. I can't believe they closed up shop. It's crazy. Yeah. Upswing Poker. That's Doug's. Doug's Upswing Poker. Um, yeah. yeah. And all these new ones. Who know, anything after 2011, I'm. I'm oblivious too. I'm yeah. sure there's some great ones out there. And then the Euro guys, I'm sure are pumping out some stuff. Yeah. And they weren't, they weren't huge. I think on black Friday, like 60% of the players were Americans. I think I saw some stats. I watched this ultimate bet documentary um, just last week about the whole, remember the whole, the whole scandal. Of course. Jesus yeah. Christ. That Russ Hamilton guy. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I, I was refunded. So he, he got me too. Um, not for much though, like 5k or something like yeah. that. But then the way I watched this documentary, they like arbitrarily gave people money back. So like, if it was like an important person, they would pay them in full or something. Yeah. And like, you don't know how much they robbed from you. So like, you're just guessing. It's kind of like how the DK reps will send you guys like Vitamixes and they've never sent me shit. You know, they're just really trying to grease the wheels uh, of you guys and not really taking care of me. It's kind of bullshit. Me- oh wait, no, they did send me something. <laughs> They send you those big dick brick duffel bags. No, I got a TV. But the last the last six months, I got a TV and I and uh, one of those big huge air pur- pur- uh, purifiers. Really? Yeah, because like you get to pick like between like fifty things, and that was like uh, when you know whatever April, whatever when COVID was going on. I'm like, well, an air purifier seems like a a reasonable option considering uh, the environment. You know, yeah. <laughs> people are talking about. Their their poker hack Deuce stories. Cracked. Deuce is cracked. Mark Smith. Yeah. Deuce is, so Deuce is cracked was three bet dot net or whatever. Okay. They because they were two plus two like a two plus two, uh, you know whatever group of guys who started their own personal lesson site and then that morphed into Deuce is cracked. I believe this is a long time ago, so I might have some of these details wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Many white claws uh, before before today. It's funny. Yeah. I, cause I was like, even my time with poker. So like I was obsessed with it from like 2003 to 2005. And like back then, I mean, I wasn't even, I was like reading Phil Helmuth's book and I was reading like super system, like books that were out, but I hadn't gone. I don't know if there was even really a training site ecosystem then. And then I went away from poker for a while when all of this was booming so my references for this are like all pre you know training site stuff um so started like 2004 i think okay um but not everyone knew it too which they didn't have a pete overset just telling everyone giving the goods away day after day yeah <laughs> yeah you need to be you need to be bluffing more uh on the river you know all, all the all the good stuff balancing your range I, I haven't cared this much about poker though, uh, probably since like 2010. Uh, I've watched like at least five or six of these Galfon, uh, Galfon, um, uh, Negranu, Polk, head, head to head. Yeah. How, how's it been? I mean, I've been following kind of like the Twitter chatter and, and stuff, and I haven't, but I haven't watched any of them. Uh, so do you find yourself, 
getting sucked in? Do you just like the commentary? Or do you actually like watching the gameplay? Um, probably a combination of, of all that. And plus I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in like the solvers and the optimizers and like, and like, I get excited. I'm like, maybe I should play some poker and then hopefully it gets legalized. And I'm like, got my game up to snuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I also think that there's going to be software. There's going to be software that they There's just nothing they can, they can't, they won't be able to police it. And, um, you'll just be able, you'll be able to play GTO easy. That That's my guess. Obviously I could be wrong, Yeah, but yeah, it's just kind of fun. I think it's in the ground. You flipping out and tilting so hard. Yeah. And, and I, I, and I'm watching, I'm like, God, he is getting pretty unlucky. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want him to get unlucky, even though he's kind of annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole, po- the rake is good for you thing, which I can't believe anyone cut him slack on that. That, that many people did, I guess, admittedly. But yeah, like, so like, I want, I would kind of want him to be beat Polk, but, and I also like watching Polk play where it's like, okay, where's this, let's see this, you know, cause he's, he's one of the best GTO guys out there. He, he's, you know, retired, but he's still got, you know, some, some game obviously. So it's like seeing like, like I see bets double pot on the flop on Jack 10 uh, X flops and stuff like that all the time. It's like, yeah. never saw that back in the day. And, um, yeah, his his bet sizing is 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 completely different than how we used to play. But it is head to head, not six max. I usually played six max. Yeah. This is probably super fucking boring for people to listen to. No, I I think it I think it's interesting. You can already tell by the chat. There's a lot of people who enjoy the uh, the poker overlap uh, stuff there. So I, I I think it's I think it's relevant. I think I'd rather focus on sports betting and then getting limited immediately. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> really where the where the joy is. Uh, all right. Um, it is 9.02 PM. We have, uh, this is what we do on low. Someone at the top of the show is saying, get to it. And I made a joke about what are we going to get to? And I literally just blinked and the whole hour went by. So I think that's, uh, that means we have a good show, Brian, because time good. flies when you're being called out for talking about dupes. <laughs> I think you're taking this too personal. No, no, I, uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not because, uh, no, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> I just it, it is spreading. All I'm saying is it is spreading and it'll eventually get to the correlation thing, I think. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, uh, I was, I was checking my dupes in the $3 20 max for Monday night. And there was a lineup in the contest that was duped 1200 times. A single, a single lineup. Uh, and I believe when I had run the optimals, it was the optimal lineup that people tossing in a 150,000 person contest. Yeah. Just toss that one right in there and, uh, it split it with your best friends. It's just, it, it's just throwing, throwing money away. Wait, you know what? No, it's good strategy. You got to play the best plays, especially in showdown. Yeah. See, yeah, Paul says, for fuck's sake, Pete, make worse content. I'm trying. I'm trying to become a cash game grinder. I will say, I will say this honestly. Like, do I want to be a good and profitable DFS player? Of course, but for content purposes, I enjoy doing stuff like this, just like shooting the shit, talking, and doing comedy. Like, those are the things that I get the biggest high from. Mm-hmm. Um, they also like the doing the comedic stuff. It also just takes more work. It takes more you know, brain power where it's like, you can turn on a showdown show where we're literally just going to talk about the slate 20 minutes before. And we had fucking 500 people watching live because that people are just insatiable for that kind of content. Whereas I could put on like a silly hat and like do a 10 minute comedy live stream. And I, I would have 22 people watching being like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. So it is just one of those things in this space where it is weird, where people are so conditioned for plays um that's just what people want and that's what we struggled with too with this show when we first started we had 800 viewers or whatever and then that went down and down and down to like 150 or something at our lowest um and it's coming back up because i think people were like what the fuck is this this isn't this this isn't picks Mm -hmm. and or game theory constantly yeah Um, like i couldn't I, i that's when we talked before Rudy go 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 bear ruined the world and we started this show we were talking like I'm I don't like the pick shows like let's do like an actual podcast yeah. it's just it'll just be gambling yeah like, or 
Well, and I, I will say this, this show that we have done is probably like the most organic thing, like piece of content that I've ever been a part of where you and me were literally like, we don't know each other that well. We don't know what the show is going to be. Let's just start talking once a week. We have like this overlapping set of interests, but yet we're completely different too and how we approach it, our skill sets, all of this. And we have just literally every week turned on the cameras in the mics for an hour on Wednesdays. And uh, I, I'm being genuine here when I say it. It's been just a, a super fun experience. And now we do these shows and the time just evaporates because we're just two bros shooting the shit for an hour. It's fun. It's been fun and uh, and and profitable. It has. Yeah, we're both, we're, we're both, we got two winners. I was going to post a, uh, I wish I would have done this before you did your cash game video. I was going to post a, a tweet. Has Peter Overzet gotten too big for his britches? <laughs> I mean, well, I, I think I definitely have. I mean, once I like, it's been very fun accepting all these head to heads, but when I actually have to like go to make that lineup and I already know my like GPP brain is going to short circuit. Like I'm going to be staring at these numbers and I'm just going to, I'm going to get fancy play syndrome, all this stuff. It, Sunday is going to be a disaster for me. I'm dreading it. I was trying, cause I was going to put in my thing with a poll, like should Randone destroy <laughs> Peter Owers that and try to stoke that, that head to head challenge. Did he challenge you? No, he should. He should though. Randone oh, should. Yeah. Randone's got yeah. Randone's um, challenge Pete. Yeah. Seriously. So yes, if you want to send me head to head, still catch me at this portion of the week where I'm just blindly accepting everything, including NBA tears. I will start officially looking closer at what I'm accepting. Um, but thank you guys as always for tuning in. I know we, we joke about not having show plans and stuff, but if you ever in the comments want to leave show topics or shoot us a tweet, you know, we're, we're always happy to, to go through questions and stuff you guys have normally when we don't have them, we just, uh, fly by the seat of our pants, but yeah, we're always happy to take suggestions on that. Uh, Brian, anything else you want to plug here? No, good luck. Hopefully there's no scratches. Yeah. Hopefully there's no scratches. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you guys are watching this and for some reason haven't subscribed, we'll have the audio version out as well. If you would prefer that. And, uh, yeah, we will, next time we see you, it will be 2021. We hope you guys all have a safe and happy new years. Good luck in those streets. And remember, keep your deuce down. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.